She said, did you pay the Netflix bill? I'm like, can I cut my mom off Netflix? Is, is it, can somebody answer, Dave, can I cut my mom off my Netflix? My Netflix? Oh, no, you can't Why? Because they charge us $17 a month, right? And I feel like I want to ask her for half because she watched it the most. Okay. But, I, but you saying I can't do that. Well, it's mom, you know. It's, uh, well, that, I think that, or maybe you can... that giving life thing is kind of, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's overrated. I think it's over. Oh my goodness! All right, yeah. yeah. Let me let me stop while <laughs> stop while I'm ahead. So again, this is another special hour. This is another special hour because we have another author in the building. So the reason why I say this is special because honestly, I think me and his brother had maybe had like like one and a half conversations. Right. <laughs> we've, had, right. we've had one and a half conversations, and the one was. Uh, first, kudos to you and the, the book. Now, we follow each other on social media. And I think it was like, yo, kudos to what you're doing and writing a book. It's inspiring me. Uh, and then the next one was, yo, I want you to come on this show. Because sure. I don't know how many people listening, but I believe in what it is that you do. Uh, I, I believe in, again, the mission, the purpose is something positive. So anyway, I can be of assistance. Uh, I'm going to do it. Because so often with black men in particular, it's hard for us to really show love to one another, right? Or, sure. or that's how it's been portrayed. Right. Um, and especially being a product of the hip hop culture. I'm going to get back into that point, but I'm going to introduce the guest first because I'm about to go off on a long tangent. <laughs> I don't want Miss Loretta to be like, well, she can't call in right now, but Miss Loretta, she gave it to me that one time. <laughs> But in the building, we have Mr. Kerwin Sutherland. He's a clinical research professional and poet who makes poems centering the black experience in America. He is a watering hole fellow and has attended workshops, residencies at Cave Canham, Winter Tangerine, Poets House, Philadelphia Sculpture Gym, and Pearlstein Art Gallery at Drexel University. Kerwin's work has been published in American Poetry Review, Blue Shift Journal, APRA Magazine, Fold APRA Magazine and Folder and also The Wanderer in a, in a few other places. Kerwin has served as editor of List Books Reviewer for What's Good Magazine and poetry editor for APRA Magazine. He's currently teaching spoken word and poetry performance at the University of the Arts and has a chapter book, Jump Ship, forthcoming from Thread Makes Blanket Press. Yes, sir. Mr. Sutherland, thank you for joining me, brother. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. No, no doubt, man. Oh, no, yeah. no doubt. I appreciate it. We, had, we just yeah. did the brother handshake. If, oh, for if, sure. If you didn't see, if you're not watching, that's why you need to be watching on Facebook. The brother handshake is always confusing to me, too, because it's some brother. How old are you, Kerwin? 35. 30, okay, so Kerwin, 35. So at the end of the handshake, do you do the snapback? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, you do yeah that for sure. Too? Yeah, see, yeah. I didn't think our generation did that. I thought oh, the 40 yeah. year old, I thought that was the 40 year old thing at the end of the handshake, you really you snap hard, but it's. Yeah, I think I just adapt to everybody. <laughs> everybody who joined out here, I'm like, all right, cool, I'll do that. Yeah, yeah, so, you, so you're chameleon with it. Okay, yeah. you got you to gotta adapt to all circumstances. Absolutely. So as I was saying, uh, especially for, for us brothers, it's important that we, we lift each other up um, in the world of hip-hop. Again, I'm so critical of hip-hop. Because it, it tells us that we're a lot, some of it, uh, the mainstream part of it tells us that we're competition as opposed to collaborators for sure right and yeah. so it's it's important that we see that we only we don't only got to big ourselves up when you know we're in the, the stereotypical when we're in the club and you know spending money on bottles but we can do it um from a space of um from an intellectual space, for sure. which is which has taken place here. So I want to get right into it, and I asked our our last guest Sarah about it. So I just read your bio, okay. Right, and which but what's interesting with bios, it's just like that's the fancy smashy stuff. Right? Yeah, it's just so, like you know one thing after the other. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So so when I ask you, who was Kerwin? Yeah. Who who is Kerwin? Um, I say first and foremost, um, I go straight to family. Mm. Like I'm somebody who's deeply committed to my family, like and they they take up most most of my time. <laughs> like so, like my my sister, my dad, my aunts, my cousins. Like I'm I'm just deeply committed to family and also poetry community. Okay, like even more so than just like you know open mics and slams, but actually what's going on in poets' lives. How can I contribute to community? So I think first and foremost, I'm like 
I consider myself a giver in a in a given person. Sometimes too much, mm-hmm. and I have to scale it back. But but that's 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 what I would say. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So so family. So family is a is a big deal for you. Absolutely. Um. So you're not an only child. Nah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I have a sister. And I actually have a brother in St. Vincent. My dad's from St. Vincent in the Grenadines. He's from the Caribbean. Oh, okay. So I have a, I have a brother that lives in the Caribbean. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Do you have contact with him? Uh, somewhat. Not as much. Mm-hmm. Not as much as I would want to, but somewhat. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. And, and so, again, um, these are interviews. Like, even though I don't know him, I feel like mm-hmm. it's just, again, it's a conversation. And, right. and let me know if I'm going too far. Right? Oh, no. You because, I, I, cause, again, I think it's critical. Like, we can easily say, yo, go buy jump ship. Right, 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 we can right. go by that. Right, 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 but if right. they understand and they they see the person, right, mm-hmm. with the same fears, the same um, ambitions mm-hmm. that they might have, that makes them more inclined. Absolutely. And so when I hear you say that again, the therapist hat pops on, <laughs> and I'm just like, you know, you because it sounds like you know you would like to have more communication with them. Yeah, absolutely. So absolutely. without knowing the nuances of the family, right? What can you do? On, on that and absolutely and I think for me it's always been communication has always been an issue I think like for me I think for me the irony yeah exactly right exactly <laughs> the like, irony. it just has always been an issue like as as far as um just um like reaching out beyond my comfort zone when it comes to communication okay. it's like oh if I see something oh this is just how it is is how it is but I think you know, therapy, since you mentioned yeah, therapy <laughs> has been great in me, like coming outside of that and really, really, um, you know, trying. So, so, so that's, that's definitely on my list to try. I, I need to make a, make more of an effort to, yeah, yeah, yeah. to keep in contact with him. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So, so yeah. you're, so you're in therapy currently? Actually, not as much as I want to be, mm-hmm. but like for the past year or so, I have been in therapy. Um, and, I actually had a break, like in 2015, I went to the hospital for anxiety and depression. Mm. And so from there, I I was going to therapy for a good like year. Um, It helped somewhat, Mm -hmm. but I don't think I was ready for like the really, really hard stuff. Hard parts, yeah. You know, and so so recently, like like a year ago, I started going again and unearthed a lot of stuff in the past that, you know, I really didn't view was negative and bothering me, that really was. Mm-hmm. And so it really gave me an opportunity to like, you know, face that head on. So yeah. 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 And it de- definitely helped me finish like the book. Cause okay. I always had, had like in my mind, like, Oh, I can't do it. Cause X, Y, Z. I can't do it. Cause X, Y, Z. I can't do it. Cause X, Y, Z. But when I really found out like, Oh, like all of these barriers, like are things that kind of happened to me when I was younger that I really wasn't facing you know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. you're going to stop cursing at me, too. I told that to the, <laughs> I told that to the minister uh, who, who just left Sarah Ashley in, in her book, and she spoke about the same thing. Yeah. Uh, and I guess where I'm at in the in the writing space is I, I haven't written in, like, I have, well, I haven't written my, in my memoir in a month. I've, I've penned some op-ed pieces. Like, I was mm. just talking about the Eddie Murphy. Oh, um, yeah. SNL. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, again, it's like that it's a fear yes right and it's, it's a fear a very real fear right that, that we see because again i always say the 36 year old phil could sit down and write that book mm-hmm. right but where i'm at now is i'm talking you know i'm talking about you know having gotten kicked out of bloomsburg experienced mm-hmm. systemic racism yep and now here i am back and I'm writing from this space yeah. of a of a 19 year old who had to do some jail, to 48 hours in jail, and pay mm. a fine because of racism. Mm. And so those feelings come up, right? Yeah. And so I'm yeah. sure when you when you're writing, and we definitely gonna get into the book, but it yeah. just brought that that very real to me. But it, it lets me know, uh, and that's why I'm glad you're here. And, and she was here because it, that very real fear that I'm not alone in, yes. in these thoughts when yes. we're talking about. Um, being creative in in the arts or what have you. Absolutely. Uh, so I know you said like the communication wasn't um, like I guess the verbal communication when it wasn't a big piece for you. Yeah. So how w- important was the writing aspect? Did it supplement for the verbal aspect of communication? Yeah, absolutely. I think like writing letters, like because my therapist old oh, write write letter. <laughs> you know, yeah, what I mean? that's what we do. Yeah, so, yeah. So I'm sorry, like, All right, not cool. sorry. Let me let me write a letter. So I think writing those letters like. 
Um, in some cases, it, it led me to like actually have conversations with people. In other cases, it just led me to get all the feelings out that I had. Mm. And in those ways, it was like, oh, like I really was feeling this about this specific person, mm -hmm. like that I was actually having a cordial relationship with, but I really didn't like them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. so I, I think yeah. like actually like writing those out, like was like, oh man, like this this thing that this person did to me, like you know, I still haven't gotten over it. Mm -hmm. And like, for whatever reason, it's like, it's like disallowing like some stuff to happen in my life. So it was it, the, the writing part is it really helps me like be able to pinpoint what the issue is. Okay. And then I can go back and apply whatever it is I found out after I'm writing. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. so when did you, when did you pick up a pen? I mean, outside of the the traditional I'm in school right. um, I got to write I got to read and write just to get a grade yeah. um did you discover when so I'll say this when did you discover writing that you enjoyed it and when did you discover poetry hmm. like I saw Deaf Poetry Jam on HBO <laughs> So yeah, so I saw Black Eyes, Amiri Baraka, yeah, yeah, all those yeah. folks. Classics. And, yeah, so I, and I saw that, and at the same time, like kind of similar to you, like I went to Clarion University <laughs> in like Western PA. Yeah. So like I was like, supposed to go there. Initially. Oh, you were supposed I was to Clarion. Okay, initially, yeah. I chose Bloomsburg. Yeah. It like the first, like kind of like the first few days, like I was like walking, walking down the street, and like somebody yelled "nigger" out. <laughs> out the car so <laughs> that's the so, welcome yeah. to exactly. welcome to uh <laughs> trump land they exactly. did the same thing that first week of exactly at exactly and one so so those two events really really like uh pushed me to write because i had no other choice because the other situation was like me exploding on people 24 7 you know what i mean so i decided to like actually have that writing as an outlet so it was purely like an outlet for everything that i was experiencing and feeling mm. like um being in western pa like not really going home a lot because it's kind of so far away uh -huh. not having a car all that stuff and really feeling trapped there like and it was really like of course i knew about racism and textbooks and stuff but it was like really my first time like being like oh like oh this is you know this is, this this is what is, you're talking about exactly you know what i mean so it was it was so so those two of like watching that poetry jam and having that real experience mm -hmm. like led to the writing yeah yeah, yeah. no yeah. that's 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 very real the fact that you said that I, I i forget what chapter that is in the book that i'm writing yeah. but i say the same thing like yeah you you know, yeah, I've been stopped by the police at times, you know, right. for matching the description. Like, yeah, unfortunately, we just internalize that as being the po right. the 12 <laughs> doing what 12 do. Exactly. Right. But when we get to these to these these spaces that's supposed to be um, enrichment, enrichment spaces, mm -hmm. uh, highly academic places. And you get out in town and you see a confederate for me it was a confederate flag yeah. for the first time. It's like. You know what? Some ain't that flag ain't <laughs> word. Okay, yeah. all right. You know, and then being called a name and you didn't having to maneuver, right? You, yeah. Like you really, and even in Philly, yes, you knew you go to certain neighborhoods. You know, go to Chestnut Hill. Even right. though it's, it's a little liberal. Yeah. You, you know, you used to you be. Feel a, it. Yeah. You know, you have yeah. to being walked around stores. But, Absolutely. But being in a climate of a community. That's first not feeling your presence because you're a college student. Right. Right. And then they're not feeling your presence um, because they're their own ignorance. Yep. And so that's a different type of of pressure that's sure. that's on us. So did you feel that pressure? Yeah, absolutely. Like every every day, like outside and inside the classroom. Mm. Cause inside the classroom, it's like you know they're more trained, <laughs> you know. So they like do slick stuff, <laughs> you know, the where like if you say something, then you look crazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it was, it, it, it was like it, it, it felt like from both sides, I was really getting a lot of pressure. And like at home, it's just like oh, you need to like you know get your straight A's, do do whatever you do to finish the degree. And like up here, it's like, you know, I was like one of the only people in in the department that I was. I was on, like one of the only black people in my department. Yeah. So it was difficult to try to like maneuver that whole situation with both the faculty and the student body. Like just, you know, microaggressions all day. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it was it was difficult. Yeah. You know, but I think, I don't know. I, I feel like you know, me, it made me make make a decision to like really say. You know, I'm not really taking it. So I actually like left school for a minute 
to like volunteer, like I volunteer at state representative's office. I, I, I did a bunch of stuff in the community mm-hmm. um, before I actually went back. And I was, I was, I was much better, better equipped to handle it, yeah. you know, but it, it, it forced me to like, really like, you know, I think but like that was like my manhood training mm-hmm. to like really, really become a man and say, all right, like, you know, I'm gonna do what I want at this point. You know what I mean? I'm not feeling this right now, so I'm yeah. gonna stop. You know what I mean? And yeah. So you went back to Clarion? Yeah, I went back to Clarion. Okay. Yeah, I went back to Clarion. So what department were you in? I know you said molecular biology. Like that was my degree. And so yeah, so I was like the only black person (laughs) and it was just like, yeah, they was just saying like slick stuff all the time and 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 I just me personally, I'm like somebody who internalizes a lot. So I just internalize internalize until I just like was like, All right, I can't you know, I can't internalize this anymore. I'm gonna like explode so Mm -hmm. i just retreated you know and and really figured out like what i wanted my life to be because at that point it was just based on my parents said i'm supposed to go to this university and get a degree and get a job Mm. and i didn't know what i was supposed to do so so it's like that that indoctrination into just (laughs) working class being being a good negro yeah pretty much like because and and i don't begrudge our parents for that because they recognize the importance of an education absolutely i think for us i think we're at a unique uh a unique age you being 35 me being 36 i always say you know j cole came out with the song middle child right Mm. we can see what our parents were saying about get an education if you want to go get the job for 20 and be there for 20 plus years for the stability Mm -hmm. and that good old insurance right Right. (laughs) you know um then you do that but we also see what the the young folk are saying now like Oh no! I'm gonna go be a YouTube star. I'm gonna right. go. I'm gonna go right, do whatever right. it is I want to do. <laughs> exactly. And I'm gonna keep trying different stuff. And if something stick, mm-hmm. it's gonna stick, right? So I For think sure. we're at it in a unique place. But it's interesting that you brought up the the fact that it was just like you just wanted to get through it, right? Get through yeah. that college experience. Yeah. And I and I find myself, you know, writing about that as well. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. let me enjoy college. I I don't think right. we have the liberty. And when I see we. Um, you know, black folk, especially when you go to a predominantly white institution, yeah. to really be able to enjoy that nah. experience. It's not really enjoyable, right? Nah. It's something that's there, and it's just like, yo, we just got to get out. That's, yeah. it's, it's literally right. get, out. It's get out. That's what it is. It's get out. Get out college edition. Yeah, because for me, it was just like, you know, all right, I got to go here. But for me, it was like, oh, it's independence. That was the other thing. It was like, this is my first time being away from home ever for an extended period of time. Cause mm-hmm. so it was also independent. So I was so, I was just so enamored with the fact that after this day ended, like I could just do whatever I wanted <laughs> to, you know what I mean? Like, so it's like this independence. And at the same time, you're met with this like real world thing of racism and action mm-hmm. that you just never experienced before. It's like, it's like, a, it's like, you're kind of on your own and you have to like battle this thing that you just never. And so your parents aren't really there to, to help you with anything. You got to do it yourself. Yeah. And so emotionally handing that, I think like takes a toll. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. But I, I, I think what's profound is that you identified early on a way to cope. Yeah. Right. Which was, which was the writing. For um, yep. Cause you said explode. And I'm like, Hey, he, he don't know me, do he? Like, you know, because that's what I ended up doing. That's why I got kicked out of Bloomsburg. Because mm-hmm. I, they said I stole a cup of juice, even though I paid for the cup mm-hmm. and tasted it to see if it was watered down. Mm-hmm. And so, Phil, that's stealing. I first thought I don't know why school police know my name, right? Right. But I feel like they had a, a secret Cointel Pro book oh, of all black folk on I the campus. Be surprised. <laughs> like, for real. And and I exploded, right? Because mm-hmm. that's what I knew. I, mm-hmm. I always learned how to internalize. Um, my thoughts, feelings, and emotions, even at the detriment of, detriment of me, yeah. and it, it has to come out. And I think that's what um, you know. I try to in, implore people on and let them know that it is going to come out. Yeah. So it's either going to yeah. come out in maladaptive ways, like me, I cursed them out. You know, mm-hmm. I told them mm-hmm. take off a gun, I'll fight you, both <laughs> of them. Right? This was before they were shooting people on camera, right? Oh, so they yeah. might have gotten got away with it. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, it, or it's, it's using, indulging in alcohol or, mm-hmm. or drug use mm-hmm. or promiscuity or finding mm-hmm. all of these maladaptive ways. But it seems like something was in you to recognize, you know what? Yeah. Ah, let me get this pen and pad. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I'm not sure what that was. Uh, but, well, I, I will say that, like, all those other things, I like, I used to cope as well. <laughs> like, yeah, so it was like all those other things I did use to cope as well. But I think the writing, like, I think after I got, like, oh, shit, like, uh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. like, oh, shoot. Sorry, FCC brothers and sisters. Okay, cool. <laughs> I was like, oh, shoot, like, people actually are looking at my writing and then, like, saying, like, oh, this is something that, you know, I can identify with. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, then I was like, oh, all right, maybe I got something here. And it, and it led me to be like, all right, cool. Like, I can work on my writing. This is like a craft mm -hmm. as opposed to it just being like, you know, just something I do to, like, let off steam. Yeah. So yeah. then I was like, okay, like, once – and then I started performing and, and doing all that all that good stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so like, uh, Sarah Ashley, who we just had here, who's, who's a dope woman, came out with a book. She's a minister. She's a therapist well, in school for, for counseling, psychology. Mm -hmm. uh, what she said was she ran from the calling of being a minister, mm -hmm. right? She was mm -hmm. like, I'm young. I'm in my 20s. Right. I don't you know, I'm still <laughs> trying to, to bust it up with everybody. I'm yeah. trying to be cool. And she recognized that. Yeah, I wish she was still listening because then I would have hit her with the scripture come from come from amongst them be separate mm -hmm. you know what I mean mm -hmm. and so with you did you did you ever run from your from your calling of being a writer or or just yeah. writing in general yeah what did I think that look so like? yeah it was um like my parents telling me there's no money in writing <laughs> like, you know what I mean like yo there's no money in writing like and so I think for a while it was like I can't write and also have this job that I'm working. Mm -hmm. Like I, I was, I was like, Oh, like, I don't think I can do both. So let me just focus on this job where I, I can see where there's a direct path where I work and I see a paycheck every two weeks, like where I can actually see it. The writing is like, you know, you'll get a feature here and there, 50, a hundred dollars, but you don't, <laughs> yeah. you don't actually see the path. So it's more difficult if, if you're, if, if you feel faced with that, with that dichotomy. Yeah. And I think, and I think for a while there, I was just like, all right, well, I got to work. Like I was working like, like 10, like 12 hours a day to try to like get promoted as fast as possible. I was like, you know, getting up at like 5 a.m., like going to work at 7 a.m., leaving at 9 p.m., oh, going wow. again. Like I was like really, really buying in like, yo, yeah. I'm gonna, you know. And so I think, you know, after that, after that like ran out, after I couldn't do that anymore, I essentially got burnt out. Uh. I was like, you know, and I, and I quit my job. And, and after that, I was like, yo, I, I have to write. Okay. Like, you hold, know what I mean? Hold that yeah. thought. We're going, we're going to go to break. That is Mr. Kerwin Sutherland, Sutherland, author of Jump Ship. Mr. Kerwin Sutherland. I, I finally got it right. Finally got yes, it right. It's like a tongue twister. <laughs> author, best-selling, I'm going to claim it, best-selling author yes, there we go. <laughs> of, of the book Jump Ship. Now, when we left off, you were talking about you had just quit your job because you were experiencing burnout and mm -hmm. you started writing more. Yeah. So can you delve a little bit more into that and just let me know, mm -hmm. let, let, let us know what you're what you were experiencing at that at that time, if you can mm. remember like those exact emotions. Yeah, I think um, at the time I was I was working from home, uh, so you know I had really no outlet for work. I was just like working from home like all day every day, and like the job was so busy, I felt like I couldn't do anything, and so like the anxiety and depression that was there ratcheted up. So I had a lot of anxiety. I had a lot of depression. Mm. Um, and, and yeah, I just was like, I, I quit my job because I felt like, you know, like suicidal thoughts, like all of these things I was having like yeah. while working. And so I had to quit my job. I felt like to, to remain sane. Mm. Um, and so after that, you know, it just took a while for me to like, just rest. Uh, I actually went back to my parents' house for a minute and um, and just rested. And then after that, you know, it was just like the writing just started to come. Yeah. Like I, I just like just wrote 
every day. I wrote a lot of poems. I tried to perform everywhere I could. Um, and it was like really cathartic actually getting out there and just writing. Now I wasn't making any money at the time, but, but I felt like, you know, I, I felt a lot better. Yeah. You and, felt alive probably. Yeah. And I felt alive yeah. and I was also in therapy. Um, so it was like, like really, really like having that to go and as, as a, and I felt like safe in therapy and like, mm-hmm. and like having that all the time and then writing together, I felt, I felt a lot better. Yeah. yeah. So it was, it was like a treatment plan. Absolutely. Like, like literally it's a, it's a treatment plan. Go, yeah. And that's, you know, when I was doing, um, therapy full time as a child and family therapist, what that would be in the therapy, in the treatment plan, it would be, you would see a therapist once a week, you'll find a healthy coping strategies to deal with. Um, unwanted thoughts, feelings, and emotions. And so that may be, for example, writing, coloring, painting, just Mm -hmm. different things. This is all in the treatment plan. So the fact, this is how we can tell you what the therapy, right? (laughs) Um, And and even for myself, like I know how cathartic it is. Um, My my therapist, so I have a podcast, You Good Man Podcast. It's available on iTunes, uh, Google Play Music, and SoundCloud, shameless plug. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, it's been out for a few years now. And last year, I had went some months without doing it. Now, I've mm-hmm. gone some months without doing it this time, but my the reasoning was different, right? I'm trying to get in some doctoral programs, you know, yeah. trying to get that that white level of acceptance. <laughs> <laughs> um, but last year, I just stopped doing it. And it was, she was like, well, why'd you stop? I was like, I don't know. She was like, I was like, nobody's listening, mm-hmm. right? And granted, you know, I had a couple hundred people listening every week, which... Mm-hmm. Again, we take for granted right. because I well, listen to the Joe Button podcast and he's he talking about he's the most listened to podcast out right now and a million <laughs> views a week mm. uh, episode. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. so I'm like, why? And she was like, but you enjoy doing it. Yeah. And it was like, oh, wait, I'm, I, I can, I'm allowed to enjoy what it is that, <laughs> that I'm doing out here. <laughs> right. right. Like, and I, even me just sitting on the microphone and that's why, you know, this helped with this transition, just being mm. able to sit on a microphone for 45 minutes to an hour. And that's mm. why live radio is different, but sitting there for an hour, um, not only doing the prep and, and pushing myself in that way, but then to mm. sit for an hour and talk. Yeah. And then, you know, in hindsight, having, a couple hundred people per week listen. It's just like they could have been listening to anything else, True. right? But they choose to listen to me. So clearly I'm adding some value, but I think that goes to the overarching um, idea of self-esteem and, yep. and, and what have you. So when I hear you say that, um, it, it resonates. Mm. It resonates. What also resonates is the idea of, it's like, yo, I got to quit this job. Yep. <laughs> you know, yep. so many of us, um, we stay in places where we're unhappy because, you know, granted, listen, we got to survive, right? Absolutely. We, we got to eat. Absolutely. Um, so thankfully you had your parents to go back home to, yeah. and they welcomed, they welcomed you. And I want, I want to touch on that as well. Yeah. Because I know what that's like going back home, and you like a man-man, and it's just exactly. like, it's a different <laughs> feel. But some people just got to know when to call it. Yes. Right? Yes. I, I always say, when I worked at DHS, I uh, worked there for five years. Shout out to everybody who's still working there. I don't mm. know how y'all do it. Mm. Literally, I have no idea how you do it. Mm. Um, I, I was just, I was done. Mm. And I was just forcing myself on a daily basis to get up. And I had a bad dream one night about a kid. And mm. so I said, no, no, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Right? And I walked in and I resigned. Mm. You know what I mean? That's with a mortgage. That's <laughs> with a car. Yeah. That's what a, 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 my daughter was about. Uh, she was like, two or three at the time, mm. but I, I couldn't do it because I yeah. saw where it was taking me, yeah. right? And I think it's, it's, it says something that you recognize that it was taking you to a place that you were unhealthy, Yes, right? And it's so often we put our physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual wellness on a back burner um, for, for a job. Yes. Right? <laughs> That's going to replace Absolutely. you. If you would have took it down in there in your office, They'd be like, all right, turn to your laptop, Kerwin. Yep, you know what I mean? Where's, for sure. Where's his laptop, ma'am? Mr. Sutherland, where's his laptop? <laughs> right. Okay, we'll be there to pick it up and give it to somebody else. Yeah. So kudos to you for, for recognizing that. I appreciate that. that. Now, about your parents, how was that transition moving back home? It was tough because I have a lot of, like, bad memories about home. Like, I, I don't have a – I didn't the, – the particular home that I moved back to wasn't with my, like – Cause my my mom died when I was like I was eight years old, mm. so um so I had like uh, a step parent and my dad, so I actually moved back in with the uh, with the step parent, 
And I just have a lot of bad memories about, it was like pretty much just convenient that they had a room available and I just moved back in. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't have a lot of fond memories about the house. So, uh, so it was, it was kind of, it was, I was, I was happy to have a place to stay, but at the same time, it was triggering a lot of things mm. anxiety wise for me, because, you know, there was like, just definitely like emotional, psychological abuse, physical abuse in the house. Um, you know, they would call it like child rearing, you know what I mean? But we would call it abuse. <laughs> say, say, say that, please say that again. They would call it child they would rearing, call it we child would call rearing. it abuse. We would call it abuse. And, yeah. the, and there's a distinction. I know there's some people who listen in here was just like, nah, they probably did the best that they could. <laughs> and, and we can show grace to recognize that, yeah. you know, this, this spanking, some call it beating, some call it whatever. Right. You know, the emotional abuse, the the psychological abuse, like it's just what it is, right? right? Yeah, but that has consequences. That For has sure. effects and impact. No, that doesn't just go away. No, you don't become stronger as a result no. of it. You just know how you learn how to if, if becoming stronger is you learn how to suppress it and ignore it and potentially uh take it out on somebody else then yeah then, yeah. then, then that's what it was Absolutely. but let's let's we need to kill this notion and i'm gonna take this because we ain't got no phones right now so i'm glad i'm gonna say this right <laughs> here right like this whole idea of corporal punishment and mm. spankings mm. is nonsense yeah. right yeah. it's yeah. nonsense like for me, when I and I listen, I was spanking my mom, probably listening to it. But baby, I didn't. Get, I know you did the best you can, mama. But I was, I wasn't like my brother. I was, I was a little chill. Um, but you know, it's this idea that again, for me, you, you, you ran out of ideas. Mm. You ran out of options to reach me. Yep. Right. Yep. And so for some reason, you think the idea of pain and, and mm-hmm. again, I'm not well versed in, in African history because I brought it up before. I don't know if this was an African tradition. <laughs> right. But I know who did spank and hit when they didn't comply. Mm-hmm. Right. And they didn't look like me. Mm-hmm. They didn't look like you. Mm-hmm. So I think we need to we really need to do a, a thorough assessment of how we're. Um, engaging with our with our children when it comes to the idea of discipline. So, yes. I, you know, I, I appreciate, you know, your your openness and, and willing yeah. to to have that discussion because, for yeah. you know, it's, it's not easy. No, nah, not at all. It's, it's not easy. It's difficult. It was difficult. But and I had to, and I and, and it helped me realize that not only like was I going through that and that was a part of my anxiety and depression. It also helped me realize that the folks who I live with also had their own mental issues that they weren't dealing with. Mm. And so they were kind of like out of control raising us. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, and so I understand that now more as an understanding thing and that helped me heal as well. Yeah. But I think like going back there, like I only was, I only was at home for like probably about like a month or so. Okay. But it actually just gave me a place to just like reset while I regroup. And then once I was like, all right, like I have an actual plan, then I can go out, like try to find an apartment with some stuff I had saved and, and, and do that. And so it, 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 that at least I had a place to stay because that's a privilege. Like yeah, yeah, not everybody has that, but, you know, so at least I had a place to go back to. But yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. that's dope, man. That's yeah. dope. So transitioning now to, to the poetry aspect, I know you talked about going on the scene, getting in the poetry scene. Yeah. How, how was that? Because I, I don't... So I'll say, so how do I know Kerwin, right? I Again, I know Kerwin from Uncle Bobby's, yep. literally, you know, the, the Black Hub. I, Mark, you owe me some money, man. I know you're not listening, <laughs> but Mark Lamont Hill, you owe me a couple dollars because I keep talking about Uncle Bobby's. But it's like a, a, a hub for black folk. It don't matter, you know, what you're... Whether if you're in academia, if you're an academic, or you're the lay person, or if you're um, if you're blue collar, everybody is in there just engaging. Yep. Um, and so that's how I, you know, I came across you. We ended up mm-hmm. following each other on, on social media. Yeah. Uh, but you know, whenever I see Curl come in, he, you know, he walk in, he's just like, all right, go sit down. He be in his own world. He yeah. said, "What's up?" And he goes <laughs> sit. You know, so it, it strikes me as as you being an introvert, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's funny with yeah. that place, right? Because outside of there, 
I'm the quietest person in the world, <laughs> right? Like, but in there, I think it, it forces you to interact, you yeah. know? So, like, you know, me, whenever I come up to you, say something to you, like, we might rap for a couple of days. never like, yeah. you know, the awkward, why, right. yeah, yeah. you know, or the awkward conversation type. It's just like, right. oh, it's like somebody you know. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. And so, and with that, um, would you classify yourself or categorize yourself as being introverted? Yeah, kind of. Okay. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm more like if I... If I don't like all the way know somebody, it's difficult for me. Like I'm not good with small talk. Like it's difficult. Small talk is corny. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, corny. It's, it's, it's just difficult just for me. Like, but if I'm like, it's like more a situation. Like if I'm in a situation where like people are talking, then okay, cool. If we got something to talk about, then I'm cool. But but yeah, I'm, I'm sort of like if it like I'm I'm going out there and and like you know just in my corner and doing my thing. And if somebody comes to talk to me, like I appreciate it. And like Uncle Bobby's for me is just like. Cause I grew up like five minutes from there. Oh, where where? Yeah, I grew up on Knox Street. Okay. Like I grew up on on Knox Street, like near like Hansberry and Kaiser, and then like Marion down this way. Oh yeah. All right. Um. So yes, yeah, so I I grew up there, and so Uncle Bobby's for me was like, yo, this is a place where I can go, I can see people that I know, I could, you know, and and so just being in that space gives me like what I need, like not living in Germantown right now. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. But yeah, but I do. I, I am a little bit of. I am a little bit of an introvert. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. so and so with that, you um, deciding to do open mics, right? To, so yeah. first, that decision to to say, all right, I'm taking this paper. There's these words on the paper, right. and they're not just going to be for me, but they're going to be for public consumption. Yeah. And then getting out there and actually doing it. What was that thought process like? Yeah, I don't. I, I can't even remember the first the first time. And the crazy part is, like, most of my poems are about race. And the first time I did like a poem, it was at a cafe in Clarion. It was all white people. <laughs> and I did this poem like that. It pretty much was akin to like some last poets of Mary Baraka stuff. <laughs> so it was like, and so, and so it was like, they was just looking at me. And it was kind of like, I don't know if anybody ever saw the boondocks. There was like a, a, a episode called a garden party. And no matter what he, well, no matter what Huey said, it was like pretty much like F whitey, all this stuff. <laughs> They just kept on clapping for him, and that's what it felt like. It felt like I could say whatever I wanted to, and they just kept on clapping for yeah, me, yeah. you know. But that was, like, the first time, like, I went up and, like, did something, and it just felt like I was almost a different person. Mm. Like, I felt like it was just, like, you know, like, up up on stage, like, I could disappear in, in like, my words. Mm. And, I, and, and I didn't really feel like... You know, I, I didn't feel like myself. Now that split would come up again in therapy, but like, but at the time, like, I was like, I felt like, wow, up here, like, I feel like I have like just autonomy that I felt like I never had before. Yeah. So it just it 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 not, it not only gave me a place to say my poetry and words, but it just made me feel better in general. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it made you feel in a way, and I'm put my therapist. In, let me know mm -hmm. if I'm off base or which, <laughs> compared to what your therapist said. But it's like you gave your yourself permission to be yeah. right in that in that space and to just be the authentic you. Something that. Uh, it might be difficult for us off the stage, right? Right, because exactly. we not we we don't allow ourselves for various reasons, whether it's yeah. systemic, you know, racism, yep. um, the our exp historical experience that we we felt. Um, but when we're on that stage, uh, it's again we it feels like it's a different person, but it's just you without the bull of the rest <laughs> of the world. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, yeah. absolutely. That's that's right. You know, and and after and, and like me being in therapy, I kind of realized it was like, you know, I was I think stuff started to happen when my family would come to my events and I would feel like a type of way. And my therapist sort of got me to realize like, oh, like you created like this person on stage in the poetry community that your family doesn't necessarily see. And so them coming in there, like, is like kind of like an intrusion because you haven't worked out stuff with them. Mm. Like, and so, and so mm -hmm. it kind of got me to see like that split, like was like necessary for me, but also like I needed to like meld these two people like together to be able to like have like a real holistic relationship with my family. Um, so it was like, but you know, I don't think I would ever had that revela revelation if I did if I didn't do poetry. You know what I mean? Like so, poetry like sort of helped me. Like, oh, it's this person on stage that I need to unleash, like in real life, like that that I hadn't yet. So yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and yeah. what do you think is is 
I mean, granted, you've talked a lot about the things that you've experienced, mm -hmm. but what is it, if you could succinctly say, what stopped you from that, right? Mm. Um, hmm. I, w I would probably say just like, just like the the communication aspect. Mm. Like I just, you know, I, I just have trouble with like saying like, saying the things that I feel like often. Yeah. And that's like, uh, and that's, and that's something that I was taught, you know what I mean? And, and so I think for the longest, it's like, you know, I, you know, I want to say a lot of things, but I always like, kind of like, I have like a mind that just analyzes things 24 seven. And so like, we I, might be twins. We might be twins, man. Cause I grew up in Brickyard, right? Oh, so right, you from oh, Hollow? Shoot. So that yeah. Hollow, that, that area? Oh yeah, like how oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So Brickyard, oh, so man. I think we might yeah. be like a kin. We might be cousins. Cause you, everything yeah. you're saying, from the onset is exactly how I've been feeling. Yeah. So that voice that you hear on the other side, that is Mr. Kerwin Sullivan. How can you want to say Sullivan? <laughs> Kerwin Sutherland, the author of the book Jump Ship and what we're going to do is or the YouTube channel. So I am joined by Mr. Kerwin Sutherland, who is, I got it right that time, mm -hmm. whose, bu whose book Jump Ship is out now? Yes, sir. Is, is out now. So it is a, a poetry chapter book that speaks to... The black experience, can yep. we say that? Absolutely. That speaks to the to the, the black experience. So before we hit the commercial break, we were just having a discussion about, first of all, like everything he's saying is like, I'm hearing myself. Uh, even when you talk about going back to the home and it's like mm -hmm. those memories, like, man, I, yeah. like, I honestly, my mama come visit me, mm -hmm. right? Because mm -hmm. it'd be difficult for me to go in these spaces emotionally. Yeah. Um, Another a house on the house on Worcester Street in in, mm -hmm. in Germantown that I lived at. Mm -hmm. I went back there maybe about two three years ago to shoot like a brief documentary on YouTube, mm -hmm. it, which is on YouTube, mm -hmm. and to send out to different places. And I went. That was one of the scenes. And I went there, and I immediately start feeling anxious, mm -hmm. and I started crying. Right, mm -hmm. because that house how so much so many memories mm. for me and so what does that do physiologically right again yeah. that energy that we're getting from these situations that are unhealthy it does not leave you no. unless you really do the work to deal with it and even then it still doesn't leave you you just have tools necessary to deal with it so what i was mm. feeling in the pit of my stomach that anxiety or when i was watching queen and slim um and seeing the cops pull them over Mm -hmm. Those types of things come up, right? Those experiences come up. And so it's important that we find healthy outlets in how to deal. And it's great that you found um, that you found poetry, right? Going yeah. from being one who wasn't really the verbal communicator, but you found an outlet and you pushed yourself beyond the beyond your own limits to actually get out and to start going to these different places. Yeah. So so with these places that you've that you've been to, mm -hmm. um, and I know you've probably been all around the city, the mm -hmm. the Pecola Breed loves and yes, the, you ever do just words? Yep. I did you just, did just words. words? Yeah. Right. Shout, yo, shout out to just words. Shout out to just words. That, shout out to Shice. Shout out to everybody from Just Words. For yeah, sure, yeah. man. I used to go to see Shice back. Shice used to, you know, what was uh, Mama Betty? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Miss Betty's son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Miss Betty's son. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? And it, you would go in there, and it was just a vibe, man. Yep. It was just the energy of, of black folk on a Thursday night who just wanted to hear some some good open mics, some, whether it was um, poetry, whether it's some singing, whether some rapping, or what have you. Now I drive past there mm. and I see the, the, the WG. Oh, you yeah. Know, I'm not talking about West German, <laughs> West German BMW, but I'm no. talking about West German BMW. And we see right. that white gentrification that's taking yes, place sir. down there. Like, it's no more. Yep. Right, it's yep. no more. Yep. So and it, and it hurts because you like you see these memories, and I and I mm -hmm. think that's the aspect of gentrification that doesn't get talked about. Um, like these memories, like people who ran, um, track for like William Penn High School, and now mm. they they ride past it, and it's a turf, right, right for Temple. Right. And, you know these different like hey, I used to live here, but now it's a three thousand dollar a month, um, a high rise apartment building with a yep. ten year tax abatement. Yep. <laughs> you yep. Know, they wasn't trying to get you know they was crazy. You know they had you go without paying your taxes, but for these folks, they they do. Yeah. So so what's the most memorable for you? Um. 
As far as growing up, as, like the, it, most... It, most memorable as far as places like venue you've been to, oh, like that um, one spot you was at, like yo, I hmm. brought it. The the environment was wild. Like yeah, I, just... I, I would definitely say Just Words was one of them. Another one of them was a a joint I did called Coffee After Dark. It was at um, it was like across the street from where uh, Rose Petals is on Shell Avenue. Yeah, 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 the little cafe joint. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it was that one. That was the that was the first time I ever performed the poem in Philly. I did it there. Oh, word. Okay. Yeah, and the first my first feature, everything was there, and yeah, that was the first time. Like you know, because for the I was in Philly from college for two years before I performed anything. And I think it was kind of, for whatever reason, it was weird for me because I had only performed in front of white crowds. And so actually, like, performing in front of black crowds is weird to me now. It, like, I was scared, like, for whatever reason. And so, like, I think, like, you know, actually getting up the courage to, like, perform there is a reason why I'm so connected to that space. Yeah. And um, Darius Lance, who hosted it, like, actually, like, just, like, was, asked me, hey, you want to feature? And, and I did. And yeah. ever since then, yeah. That's dope, man. Yeah. That's dope. So we're going we gonna to get into the book Jump Ship. Cool. So so let us know a little bit about it. What is what is Jump Ship? What is, what's inspired the name? Just the content that people can expect? Yeah, I think most of the content in here is me really wrestling with um, – race in america in all its forms a lot of, a lot of poems about like seeing police videos and a lot of poems about like how i like relate and cope with seeing like these police videos and how i related and cope with like that initial person calling me calling me the n-word mm. back back in the day so it's it's it's, it's honestly about like you know, getting out of that cycle of me having to like prove myself like as human, <laughs> like, you know, it's just like all of these poems yeah. are like, kind of like me, like having a conversation with that first, that first happening about like proving myself of me being human and jump ship is about getting out of that cycle. Mm -hmm. It's about really mm -hmm. just like being like just somebody who's like, celebrating black folk or doing or, or or writing about joy or writing out writing about whatever i want to without having to answer for like this de dehumanizing event that happened mm. so i think a lot of it is just me writing out of like that space yeah so yeah so it's, it's most of the poems in it are about are about race and 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 how i deal with it wow. yeah wow yeah. no that's that's heavy man that's, yeah. that's heavy that's just the idea of you know writing not necessarily being influenced by i mean granted we're all influenced by white supremacy and, yeah. and some and patriarchy and all the other you know aspects you know capitalism and what have you yeah but really taking a step back and being able to look at it and and look at how it's impacted you yeah right so it's yep. it may even be writing against it but it's not from a place it's from a, a pure or authentic space yes if, if, if that makes sense where it's not driving so i i think it's not driving the book mm -hmm. right that's not oh because i'm going to lash back out right right like the, one of the issues that i had with the eddie murphy and the snl i felt like it was just playing into mm -hmm. these stereotypes when he had the opportunity to say nah this is me you know to you know mother maxine waters I, no i'm reclaiming my time right right and that's right. what this is with this book it sounds like yeah. you know what Nah, you done you done made me experience some ish, but this is right. me. You know, it didn't break me. Exactly. Right? I've I had the yeah, I, I had some some ups and downs, but this is what I see, right? It yeah. actually helped how I shape how I view the world. Yep. Right. So in the in the aspect of our relationships, um, with not only people that look like us, but people who don't look like us. And just more importantly, the relationship with self. Yes. Is that is that yeah, absolutely. Cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so uh, yeah, I definitely want to get the people to taste. You know what okay, I mean? For sure. So, if you could hit us with with something. Sure. Um, so yeah, so I have this. Uh, actually, I'm gonna do this poem uh, called "Ars Poetica Three, and it's like a poem about me sort of dealing with all these police videos and everything. 
large pizza and large fries and large soda and heft to gorge a layered mouth and packed a hill elsewhere in time and 400 enslaved ships of unspeakable horror and King Leopold and Hutu and Tutsi and I can't fit it all down my throat and enough food to obscure the bodies and police videos and sidewalk blood and broken windows and we do it to ourselves and we animals and we thugs and we killed over not complying and I eat it all and tomorrow there will be more and next week I can see and next year ain't nothing going to change and I am obese to all of it and five wings and fried rice and a homemade iced tea and ice cream and TV and police videos and police videos and dash cams and body cams and see see and my eyes are open and I can't stop and it's like I am supposed to grieve and it's like I am supposed to know death routine like this and if I leave I am a traitor and if I stay I am exploiting and I am big enough to be all of it and still eat and mutant and big sexy super predator and coming for you and garner and rice and bland and games and names upon names and so many names it seems like no names and so many names it seems like I'm next and I'm dying by some American creation and this is systemic and that that insight won't save me from nothing but ignorance and i guess that's something right and at least and at least i got that right thank you i feel bad i gotta talk after that man like <laughs> like i need i got i'm gonna have to sit i'm gonna have to read it i'm gonna have to dissect it again because it was so many things yeah happening you know it's yeah. then the emphasis on police videos man yo yeah yo Yo, ah, see, see, that's but that's what it's supposed to do, though. Like that's what art is supposed to do, Mm -hmm. right? It's supposed to to evoke an emotion from you, right? So when you say police video, police video, police video, and then I go sit and I watch Queen and Slim, and Mm -hmm. I see another police video in front of me, and I'm like, yo. Yeah. Nah, man. But yeah. I'm supposed to say it's all good because y'all look like me. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Y'all look like me, so it's all love. And it's just like, no. Mm-hmm. It's just like, no, mm-hmm. man. No. <laughs> yo, yo. Not at all. <laughs> you know, you know, becoming obese from it all. Yeah. Like, yo, like. And that's a whole other thing. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, that's... You know, the, the yeah. triple entendre, Right, you know exactly, I mean? like, exactly. Like, literally exactly. becoming obese from the trauma that we yep. inject, ingesting, and then we talk about the, the convenient, the, the Chinese store, the chicken yep. and rice, and we steady taking that in. That's yep. our diet. Yep. Right? Think about what our diets... I, I said that earlier. Yep. Oh, man. But is this is my copy? Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> See, yeah. I had to get because we're coming down to a minute. And we about to close out, but I got to yeah. just like I had to get Sarah Ashley or I got to get my copy because yes, I'm definitely going to be promoting the heck out of this, man. Because appreciate again, I, I appreciate it. And like I like that, that again, that hit different, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe where I am in my blackness right now, a lot of things are hitting different, but mm-hmm. I, I felt that on a, on a spiritual level. No, hey. no pun intended. So I want to say thank you. 